Hey family, welcome to another edition of Cool Jazz Conversations here on WSSB 90.3 FM in South Carolina. My name is Marcelo Shepard, the bass man, and what a pleasure it is to be hanging out here for this special edition of Cool Jazz Conversations. And I say special simply because it is the month of April and it is Jazz Appreciation Month. The brother that we have on the line today is a stalwart in jazz. He is one who has traveled far and near and he is a educator. Uh, please uh, show some love for the one and only saxophonist, Paul Carr. Paul, welcome to Cool Jazz Conversations. Uh, uh, How are you doing, you. bro? Uh, oh, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm. Uh, very very happy to be on the show i'm doing well yeah glad to hear it man it's always a pleasure to uh to be in your midst always good to see and hear you of course and you are one who comes out of the great tradition of saxophonists out of texas right. that great texas uh tenor Mm -hmm. uh, uh, collaboration or coalition, if you will. Tell us about the Texas tenors and, and the history of those who have come out of Texas on that instrument. Well, uh, the from what I was told growing up, that if you played saxophone, it really actually didn't really matter if you played tenor or alto or whatever, you needed to have a big full sound. So, so I was told that from like um, junior high school on because my um, junior high school, it was called junior high school then, uh, he was a saxophone player as well, uh, uh, my band director, Mr. Turner. So he actually, he actually went to school with Billy Harper at North Texas State, the great saxophonist Billy Harper. So that was my, yeah, so that was my, that, that was my junior high school teacher. Wow. So, so he was, he was, it was all about, I was playing alto and it's all about, you gotta have a big full sound, you got a big full sound. And then of course I go on to, to, uh, to high school and there's Conrad Johnson and it's all about sound for, for him. You know, it's all about sound and not playing a whole bunch of notes. Then I've uh, in, uh, come to find out he's very good friends with Arnett Carb, one of the original Texas uh, wow. Texas tenors. So Arnett Carb used to come to the uh, to the school all the time and listen to us play, and he would play for us. And uh, so yeah, so that so I actually I grew up right with that, uh, you know, with that with with the with the you know with the um, the big sound of the saxophone, the big tenor sound. Uh, was you know it was just like instilled and embedded in us, and um, and then uh, I went to a, a camp, and then David Fedhead Newman comes down wow. for the camp. Yeah, so and so it, you know it's just boom, it's just like boom, boom. You just get pounded in, into your into your ear, and then uh, Don Wilkinson. I'm, he, he's not as well known as a lot of people, but he was on those original um, Ray uh, Charles uh, recordings. Don okay. Wilkinson. He played with Ray Charles for years, just a tremendous tenor saxophonist. And he was, um, and so he was another one actually that lived in, li lived in town. Another one was Jimmy Ford. <laughs> so it was, it, it, these are another guys that you, you haven't heard of before. Of course you've heard of, you know, you know Eddie Lockjaw Davis, Eddie Cleanhead Vincent, all of those guys, you know, from Texas. But no, but that was, that was, that was some guys in town that you might have, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't venture out, but you, you know, you run up on one of those jokers. You you you're not you you're gonna have a, a long night. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me uh, tell me about Thunder Soul. Oh 
gosh. So that's at the, um, well, I'll tell you the Thunder Soul is, was the name of the marching band of Kashmir uh, High School. So that's where I went uh, for high school and Conrad Johnson was the legendary band director there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you know, I tell the story all the time. I was my my junior high school band director, who I just mentioned. He was trying to get me to go to the H- HSPVA, High School of Performing Arts, where all of the you know from Houston, where like Robert Glasper and and uh, you know Walter Smith the Third and Kendrick mm-hmm. Scott, all of those people went there. He was trying to get me and Everett Harp. He was trying to get me to go there. And so, and I said, no, 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 I want to go to Cashmere. I want to play in a Cashmere stage band. You know, my sisters had went there, you know, they weren't musicians, but I just grew up with the Cashmere stage band. So that was, uh, that was the marching band was called Thunder Soul. But uh, the movie uh, was about, Thunder Soul of the movie, I guess the, I'm thinking that's what you mentioning, was the uh, movie of the life of Conrad Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he was the band director there at at um at at saxophone player uh at cashmere and what he did was he he we you know uh, we were at inner city school you know and so in uh, the school is 99.9 percent black and of course you know you know the challenges that you have in the inner city you know in the inner city school and so what he did was the 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 band just as the uh, as a foot, as a like a football team, the the the, the band became like this rallying, um, 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 and and um, a thing that the community just got around because of him. He made the he made being inside the Cashmere Stage Band, the Thunder Soul Stage Band, so, uh, such a such a great thing. And what he would uh, how the claim to fame started probably in the '60s before I got there. He would go to these. Um, he would go to these high school band festivals in Alabama, and now we're talking in the '60s, Alabama, and 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 down in, in, in you know in the South, and they would win, you know. So the Cashmere Saber would win at those festivals. Of course, they were the only African American band there, and they were so good that they would win. So the so the band by the time I got to Cashmere in the late '70s. It was, it was, you know, it had this huge reputation and the community was around it. And, and Conrad Johnson was this larger than life figure, you know, because of all of the people that had come through and all of the, the success of the band. By the time I got there, the band had gone to Japan. The band had um, had been sponsored. Um, you know, the, the state sent the band on all of these, you know, these travel, you know, these trips and things. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's what, so that's the, the movie. And so uh, the movie was picked up by Jamie Foxx's uh, production company. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's how the movie, you know, that's how the movie got out there. But it's a, I, I actually I saw the movie not too long ago again because I've seen it several times. A couple of my classmates, uh, you know, um, uh, was in it. I wasn't. Um, they told me about the movie, but I was so busy up here. And you know, I don't know how you. I don't know about you, base, but sometimes people call you and say, they say things and say, "Well, we're gonna make a movie." I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Give, give me a call when you're ready. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm so I didn't hear anything about it, you know, uh, you know, for a long time. And then all of a sudden, wow, we got a movie, and Jamie Foxx is picking it up, and I'm just like, you know, should've you know, I, yeah, should yeah, and uh, so, uh, but um, 
you know, it's it, it, it's it's a nice story. It really it really depicts much, you know, of, of, of talk, his story and how much that he uh, uplifted not only the kids in the in the band, but the community, but the community with the you know with the Cashmere Stage Band. Wow. So I think that for the average person, when they think about Texas, they of course think about football, right? The average person right. isn't thinking about the saxophonists that have come out of there and the great music that has come out of it. Right. What do you think is in the water in Texas that just pulls so many young folk to gravitate towards music? Because you're talking about, you had it in your mind already going into high school, what you wanted to do. I want to go to this specific high school to be in this specific band where the average student, you know, these days is not thinking that way. Right, right. It, it, it's because it's 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 similar to New Orleans, but probably not not quite. It's actually cool to be in a band in the in, in the South. So it's like it says it, it is it is something just as coveted. You know, not as much as being a you know, of course, a star uh, football player. But if you're in a band, it's 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 like you're looked upon as you know, wow, that's you know, that's something. That's uh, you know, wow, you you guys are in a band, or you're in a band. So that that's the way it's that's the you know, that's the way it's it's looked upon. So people see you walking down the street with a you know, with the instrument. You know, I used to you know, people would see me walking down. I was walking home, and people just you know, in middle school, honk the horn because they you know, yeah, true stories. So uh, that's the that's the thing. So that's the way it's it's like uh, that's what it's like there. But when I was growing up, and so uh, no, if you were in a band and you were you were you deemed as special because the band was always doing certain things that had a it had achieved a level of success. And and uh, both band directors that I had grew up, they was they treated it just like the. Uh, you know, a football team. So wow. they, you could, you couldn't, you couldn't march. So if we we're marching into the stadium, no one could cut our lines. If somebody cut, cut inside the band line, you were in trouble. You know what wow. I'm saying? You know, and we would, if we would mess. You know, we would, we would play, and we wouldn't, we would mess up at the game. We'd get back to the school, and then we'd go out on the field at eight or nine o'clock at night and rehearse the stuff that we messed up. That's how intense it was. So the band was very, very intense back in those days, you know? So it was it was very coveted and, and, and looked upon like that. So coming out of Texas, you went on to what is known as uh, the Mecca of HBCUs, uh, Howard University. Um, what gravitated you towards Howard and, and talk about your experience there? Yeah, uh, so first I went to Texas Southern, which is another HBC. Right, I'm sorry, yes, yeah. TSU, the great TSU, we can't yeah. keep them out, yes. Right, 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 So many yeah. great musicians came yeah, out so of TSU again, as well. Right, right. Uh, so Leah, let's, let's start with TSU, I'm sorry. So I went, I went to Texas Southern and um, I was there and it was uh, Kurt Whalum was there. Actually, Kurt, Kurt Whalum was pretty much sealed the deal because he heard me play in high school okay. and uh, at, a, at a jazz festival at, at Texas Southern. He said, well, where are you going to school next year? He says, I said, I'm thinking about U of H maybe. He says, no, man, you should come here to Texas Southern. So I went to, I, I went to Texas Southern and, and, uh, and, you know, with that great legacy with the, you know, with the Laws family and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and you know it was it was it was it was very you know it was it was very um how about i can say it's somewhere that at back in those days someone that didn't have good study habits 
it was not the place to be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, and I, I, I had gotten by in, in high school by hook or crook, and you know. Right. So, and then all of a sudden, now you, you know, you're at, you're at Texas Southern, and this, you know, you know, just I'm being honest, the support just wasn't there for right. people that was coming from high school that didn't have, you know, good study habits. So I kind of floundered around and kind, of, and I played in some bands, and I, but I went to school and got a a lot of you know i took a lot of classes so i had a lot of hours and so i heard a record you said i, I had heard, a lot of hours but i wasn't I had, learning I, yeah, yeah but I, you know, I had a lot of hours but it, that was no that was no so i needed an advisor to say hey hey bro you need to do this you need to do this yeah, that that kind of a thing yeah some kind of focus so uh i went up to um uh, uh my girlfriend at the time her brother lived in washington dc mm -hmm. and so uh, we went up to to visit him one summer and I, as soon as I, I got up here, I started going around sitting in with people, uh, you know, a Davy Yarbrough, and I sit in with in the one step in the one step down. Now he didn't know me from a can of paint. I just came, I just, I just came. I was just up, I was just up here during the summer. Went to the one step down, and I said to myself, "Wow, this is the place that I need to be." Wow. And then I heard a uh, a record from the Howard uh, Jazz Jazz Ensemble. When I heard that record, I said, I'm going to send them a tape. I'm going to have to audition for them because this is the place that I needed to be. And so I, uh, I sent in a tape and you went to the audition and um, and, you know, and I got in, you know, and I, you know, we you know, we moved up here uh, for that because it's, it's, the environment was just so it, it just seemed so much more rich, so mm -hmm. much more. Um, support for the you know for the music that i loved as a and not that that wasn't support in houston at texas southern but i mean you know you back in those days you can walk down you know rhode island avenue and you bump into four clubs and then you see people playing all over the place and you go you know georgetown was happening it was just it was just crazy and you know from from a from a guy just coming off the boat up from texas i'm looking at this place i say wow you know so yeah. that's what that's what happened and i uh I, I, tr I transferred up to Howard. When I got to Howard, I just saw how much, how many resource, how much resources that they that they had, and uh, the uh, and he called rehearsal and everybody showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that, and it, it was it was it was it was unbelievable. You know, a whole a whole a, you know the the whole trumpet section and. And it was, it was, it was, and Fred Irby was great, you know, and, and so it was, no, it was, it was, it was, it was unbelievable because being inside that environment, now I wasn't the top dog, you know, that was a lot of, was a lot of people in, you know, in the band and in town, my age that was out, out killing, playing, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I really had to get on the stick because I was in La La Land down in Texas. And then when I came up here, I said, oh, okay, so this is what it, this is what it is, you know? Wow. So, mm -hmm. real quick, you mentioned David Yarborough. Mm -hmm. The great David Yarborough and Esther Williams yes. performed at my parents' house growing up. Wow. I was, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. They performed in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And so their names, even before I started moving in this music game, their names have always been embedded in my head because that was the first live concert I've ever seen. Right. Was David Yarborough and Esther Williams That's in my cool. backyard. Isn't that something? And man, oh man, oh man. Like I was in awe. I was yeah. I was a kid just 
standing. My father has video somewhere. Right. Me standing in the backyard with my little three ring socks, just looking and <laughs> you know, this positions going on in my backyard, and it's like, wow. I'm wow, and that's something, and it and it and it, and it started all of this, all the stuff that you're doing is unbelievable. <laughs> But 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 he was the first person that I my brother-in-law took me to Moore's Love and Peace, and that's where him and Esther was playing, and he was very you know, and he saw me with my horn, and he said, "Hey man, you want to sit in?" I'm like, "No, I just I'm just hanging," you know. But no, he says, "Come on, you know, come on," and he was and and he was very inviting, and and that was you know, so that that first experience was a good experience, and that just really made me wanted to go out and seek you know other things when you know just just coming up here. Wow, incredible. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you were just joining us on the line today, saxophonist Paul Carr. Paul, it is Jazz Appreciation Month here in the month of April, celebrated internationally. I used to hear all the time the term or, or the saying that jazz is dead, right? Hmm. It's It's been a while, though, since I've heard that conversation come up with that saying, come up with that thread, if you will. Right. Um, in your travels and and keeping with uh, your your education and and what you're doing with your students and everything, which we'll get more into in a minute, but what do you see as the change in the last five to ten years that has kind of had that conversation dissipate? Um, I think people really got they they really got on to that jazz is never dead. And um, it is, I think people realize that, that jazz is not pop music. Now, this mm -hmm. is just, this is just my opinion. It's not, okay. pop, you know, it's not pop music. So it's not gonna have the level of, of eyeballs and interests that, you know, you know, that pop music and, you know, pop music or, you know, other forms of other forms of music that, 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 that can relate to a wide range of people. You know, so uh, I do think that jazz, when 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 it's played in the right spirit, can teach can can reach a lot of people. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I do I I do feel that way, but you know, uh, so, uh, you know, such as it is, it doesn't it doesn't have the you know it it doesn't have the commercial appeal. You know, to get the the average person who's not you know has not been um, uh, exposed to it. But 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 realize what people now realize is that it's not going to leave that you know reach that level. And so it and it's it's never going to when they say dead. I think a lot of times people were were, were saying that as as a shock value you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. you know how people when when you when you want to you want to promote something you know right. yeah yeah jazz is dead so it's like wow okay now now you know it's just you know not now you read the the thing but no it's 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 um that's the, you know that's the that's the thing to also too i think that the uh one good thing with the technology is, and um, you know, it's it's very very easy for young people now to access you know uh, jazz performances and recordings. Right. So as my teaching and 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 things, so it's you know it's really at it's really at the fingertips. And so and if, you know once young people get you know once young people hear it and it's presented to them in the right way, they are hooked. And so that's another thing that keeps it you know that keep that keeps it going. So that's why. You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's never dying, you know, you know. Isn't it crazy, though, that, you know, you mentioned that it's not popular music, but 
at one point in time it was it was right popular music right. right we would go to clubs and there was a jazz band on the bandstand right and we sat we listened we got up we danced you know and we had a a, a jolly good old time, good old time. Know, right yeah but the society was a lot different then you know mm. the society was a lot different we didn't have as many options uh, we wasn't we wasn't as fast paced. We wasn't you know. Now they say that you know you have to reach uh, someone within fifty eight seconds. <laughs> you know to you know. So it's that's that's why it's like in other countries that doesn't have the the type of culture like you know society like we do. You know jazz is appreciated. You know it seems more. You know much more. yeah much more is because the 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 you you like you say. You, you you know uh i i was i was in russia one time years ago and they it was in a park and a guy had a book and he was just reading his poems and this was not a it wasn't a stage it wasn't a and he had like a couple of hundred people whatnot you know he had a, a decent crowd of people just you know wow. not, you know it, it's just it's just a difference you know yeah. you know it's, it's just a difference so um uh, yeah, so our 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 society, and I'm not I'm, I'm not um, banging on our society or, or putting Telling it the out. Truth, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just that we you know we have to we have to do it a different way, you know. Yeah, and, yeah because of the way where our society is set up. So yeah. so that's the thing, you know. I just had a visual of someone sitting in a park here reading their poems and people just walking by. Yeah. As if they don't even hear them, right? Oh, absolutely. M yeah. Many of them wouldn't hear them because they're so connected to their phones. They got the earbuds in or they're looking at their phones. They, 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 we miss so much around we, us as a result. They, that. They, that's, a, that, that's absolutely true. They would they wouldn't even they wouldn't stop just to hear what he what he's saying. And, you, know, you know, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, made it's, us dumb if you will. Yeah, absolutely. It is is yeah. 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 So uh, so again, with Jazz Appreciation Month, I wanted you to present to me your top three musicians. So I'm I'm eager, wow. and and yeah, and I know it's putting you on the spot, but you know you are a jazz encyclopedia. And <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Great artists that are sitting at the top of your mind and on the tip of your tongue. So uh, um, tell us, tell uh, us about who, well, who who's your number three? Uh, gosh, I I. I it's really is is really no order, but okay. it's it's really no order. But one one artist that I'd like to mention is Sonny Rollins. Okay. It's because because of uh, uh it, you know we can go present or you know past or what. Hey, you, you let me let me know what the you know what the criteria parameters are. Whatever. No, no parameters at all. Okay. The thing about Sonny Rollins is 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 like. He uh, he's like one of the last great improvisers, you know. And so when you when you listen to him play, it seems like that you hear a stream of consciousness mm. that, you know, when he when he's playing, as opposed to having things, uh, having things uh, prepared. See, now we're in a, we're in a jazz education age. And 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 uh, actually it started, you know, way back in the 60s and probably even before then of, of artists when they come up to play, 
they have things prepared to play. And so they're not exactly improvising. But the thing about I loved about, you know, Sonny I love about Sonny Rollins is that it sounds like that he's right in the moment playing. And then you can hear Coleman Hawkins and you can hear um, Lester Young in his playing. So you can hear that lineage. Even you can tell that he really checked them out and Bird as well. You can tell that he checked them out, but it's not like that he, he checked them out to the point that he's copying them. Right. So so that and, and when you hear Sonny Rollins, he sounds like himself. He sounds like Sonny Rollins. So I just want to, you know, shout out to um, um, uh, shout out to him. And he's what, 115 years old now? <laughs> uh, uh, 93, I think. Not, yeah. And and has not skipped a beat. Right. I think he, he's, he's recently stopped playing in the last four or five years. You know, he doesn't play. Excuse me, but he's still around, and he's still. Um, yeah, I think he just uh, he he just sent uh, Spike, uh, 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 the guy that owns uh, uh, Smalls. Okay. He's, yeah, he's he he sent a, a a donation for a musician, uh, Victor Lewis, I think. You know, to Spike, to so he could so he could give nice. it. Yeah, because yeah, because Victor's been you know under the weather, um, dealing with some things. So anyway, so now you know Sonny Rollins is you know yeah he, you know he. He would he would probably be my top, you know, just because of um, you know, like you know, of that, you know. Six, seven, definitely seven decades. Yeah, so, so, and presenting music. Seven, seven decades. And uh now somebody could probably like because I'm not a jazz encyclopedia as you stated, but someone <laughs> could probably tell me what who was what was the first uh, you know, saxophone trio with, you know, saxophone um, um, bass and drums, but the first record that I heard was Sonny Rollins live at the Vanguard, um, okay. live at the Village Vanguard, and that two right, the two album set is just like you, you, the way he plays and the way they're playing. You don't need you, you, you never miss the piano, right? You never miss piano, and so there's that has spawned a lot of people, you know, you know, uh, after that to play the saxophone trio, you know. Mm. And so that to me, that record is the essence of that because there's a lot of reasons why uh, that why that works. You know, if you listen to it, there's a lot of reasons why it worked, and, and you could hear a lot of regular people and not uh, musicians uh, in the background because it's a live recording. Right. But then again, that was you know that was year you know that's another another different time. That's a different time, you know, right. Right. different time, right. you know, yeah. Okay. So who's number two? Uh, another. You know this, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to go out. I'm going to limb on this one because okay. I'm not. Uh, I, and maybe if we come back to this in another in five years, this might be. The, you know, I might sound like uh, I know what I'm talking about. There's a young pianist. His name is Sean Mason. I'm not if she, if anybody mm -hmm. is familiar with him, but he has a record that's about to come out, and he just signed with um, Miles Unlimited. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. He just signed with Miles Unlimited, and he's from North Carolina. And so he was in my um, he was in my jam he was in my jazz camp. Uh, oh, I don't know, ten years ago when he was he was he was in high school, and he was very advanced. They actually, it's you know, it's a story how he came up. One of the parents knew me and was seeing that seeing saw this kid, and actually, you know. Um, um, you know, had, you know, sponsored for him to come up and, you know, and work with me that, you know, that summer. But and that's and 
that's how I heard about him. Uh, I mean, that's that that's how I met him. And then I didn't hear about him again until he auditioned for Juilliard. Uh, and he was at another school. And then the people told him, you should go to Juilliard. He was at a, he was at a school in um, in North Carolina. He says, man, you're wasting your time here. I know the teacher wow. that. And he says, you should go to Juilliard. So he's been in New York for the last few years and, and you know, and playing gigs and stuff. And then of course now he you know somebody um i don't know who it was or i don't know how he you know got the record deal because i'm not really in touch with him i just i've heard the record because someone let me hear it and it's it's he i i think he's gonna be uh i, I think he's gonna be the next thing in you know in jazz um uh whatever that means you know you know he's gonna and and the thing about it is he has that flavor of being being playing in the moment Mm-hmm. And the thing about him is he has a church background. He has a background with playing with, of course, older musicians, mm-hmm. you know, because he couldn't play with, you know, kids his own age when he was growing up. So he was always playing with older. <laughs> right. He was always playing with older cats. And so uh, so this, this and, and uh, he's, he's just fantastic because it, when he plays, it sounds fresh and it does. But fresh in the idiom, not fresh. I'm playing something that's totally doesn't, you know, connect. But uh, he can go in any direction. He, I'm gonna tell you, he was on the soundtrack for the Ma, Ma Rainey, okay. uh, for the Ma Rainey. He was, he was all that piano stuff that you know, all that stride and all that old twenties yeah. piano. That's okay. that's that's that kid. That's him. Wow. You know. Then he can turn around and play something that sounds like George Cables or Herbie Hancock or or something very contemporary. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he can get right inside and play straight ahead. So he has all the bases covered. So you know that. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on him. Uh, uh, Sean Mason. Sean Mason. We're gonna keep an eye on him. Yeah. I, I just wrote his name down, and I will be looking that young man up. Yeah, yeah. You don't know by chance what label. He's... No, I I don't. But I will I will I I will definitely look it up. But his his. Uh, when I saw the email that he had signed with Miles, I said, oh, wow. OK, so it's happening, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, okay. so it's happening. Yeah. So right. Sean uh, Mason, we're looking Sean for Mason, that. yeah. All yeah, right, so who's, who's third on the list? Uh, well, I, I, just because I don't want to name another saxophone player, it's going to have to be, uh, but I'm naming another piano player. It's probably going to have to be Mulgrew Miller. Um, uh, I was always very, very fascinated with, you know, his playing and then his writing. And so his, you know, his tunes um, and uh, and just the type of musician that he was. He, <laughs> let me tell you, he was in this. I'm embarrassed to say he was the first pianist uh, um, trio that I ever listened to. Uh, all of these. Yeah. So I'd never, you know, all the okay. Tommy Flanagan, uh, uh, Oscar Peterson, all of these, uh, uh, Bill Evans, all these great piano trios. I never listened to him because I was so into the saxophone, but his playing drew drew me to the piano trio, and then of course I started to go back and check out you know all that stuff. So so the power of him you know made me like a saxophone head you know go back and check out you know you know piano trios and stuff. But I just I just always loved the way he played, and then um, and and then his you know his writing is you know. His, you know, his tunes, uh, you know, is, 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 um, you know, it's, 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 it's sad that he left us so, so soon. But 
you know, it, it, it not on the level of a Wayne Shorter, and I could say Wayne Shorter too, you know, not his writing is not on the level. It was, he doesn't, of course, he doesn't have the, the, the you know, the portfolio discography of a Wayne Shorter, but he, he but he, he his, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that his tunes are very varied and uh, yeah, and uh, communicative, you know, with, with all walks of life. Yeah. Right. I had the pleasure of seeing Grew at the Jazz Standard uh, probably like 20 years ago. And uh, it was a really nice set. Really, really nice right. set. So. I, I, if I could tell you a quick Grew story. So I, I did a, I did a, one of my records is called uh, Musically Yours. It's a tribute to uh, Joe Henderson. Mm-hmm. And because when I met Joe Henderson, I had a, I was fanboy and I had one of, the, one of his records and he talked to me. Uh, and and afterwards, I asked him, would he sign a record? And he signed a record, Musically Yours, Joe Henderson. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so I actually have an imprint of the record on the, uh, you know, on the album cover. But so I was doing this here record, tribute to Joe Henderson. I was talking to my good friend, um, uh, Terrell Stafford. And he mm-hmm. goes, um, uh, he says, man, you know who you should get on this record? You should get... Uh, uh, Margaru Miller. I say, well, Margaru doesn't know me. What do you, you know? I mean, uh, you know, what, what are you t-? He says, no, man. He says, I mean, I'll talk to him for you. He nice. says, but if you're doing this here, if you're doing this here, that's who you should get. You know, you, re- you really should get him. So, of course, I called Margaru, and of course, he did not call me back. <laughs> so, so then I called him again and I just I left a um, uh, message and he didn't call me back again. So then I got on the I got on the phone with Terrell and I told him I said, well, I'm not hearing hearing anything back from Mogru and which, you know, totally understandable. Right. And um, uh, and he's and I said, uh, might have to move on to somebody else. He says, no, 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 no. He says he says, try him again. It's going to be he says it's, it's, it's a lot of trouble, but it's going to be worth it. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you, and I did get in touch with him and he called, you know, and he called me back and he did the record and he came in so unassuming. It, it was just like with no, with no fanfare, no pretense, no nothing. And he just, and, um, and that's, that's still one of the, that's like the best, one of the better selling records that still sells today. Uh, um, um, uh, Mogru Miller, uh, Lewis Nash, Michael Bowie, and Terrell Stafford. Yeah, nice. so yeah, star cast. Yeah, and 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 Mo, he was he was just so gracious, so cool on the um, uh, and supportive on the record. You know, he didn't come in like I'm the big star and I'm gonna play over you and and try to put anybody. That, it was just it was beautiful. Mm, you gotta love it. I know. Uh, Tim Green would would talk about him from time to time in his time. Saxophonist Tim Green, for those yeah, of course, yes, yeah. Um, you know who had the pleasure of playing with him. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely right. uh, a stand up musician for sure. Yeah. We are on the line with uh, saxophonist, clinician, composer. Uh, the brother has so many titles behind him. He also has the title of a festival owner and or presenter. Yeah. of of the Mid-Atlantic Jazz Festival, which uh, takes place here on the East Coast uh, in Maryland, uh, not too far from Washington, D.C. and mm-hmm. Rockville, Maryland. And you have had this festival for, what, 14, 15 years now? Yeah, four, 14 years. Yeah. yeah, last year was the 14th year. And uh, it's, just, it's just a lot of, um, um, uh, what do you call that? 
calling in favors. Actually, thank you so much for coming out last year. And uh, I've been trying to get you to uh, uh, to announce for years, but I was so glad that you could come out and 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 do it. But that is, it's just it's, it's a community thing. Just like you came out, it's just like it's a it's a community thing. We have volunteers and everybody and everybody see what you know what we're trying to do in the the festival is really about you know education and i would like the you know um the the students that i work with with everybody that the students that all the other educators work with see the performing uh musicians you know yeah. so they yeah and they can they can they can they can talk to them they can hear them teach they can get tips you know because there's workshops there's uh, uh there's clinics there's all types of things so um, uh, for the student there, and then in the evening we have the um, you know you know no, we have the concerts with uh, all of the touring musicians. But uh, we have a, a high school band festival contest that is really really uh, it's it's you know it's 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 one of the it's one of the most uh, it's one of my favorite activities at the. Um, um, uh, at the festival, you know, so we got high schools that's come from up and down the East Coast as you know, as far as Michigan uh, 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 and as uh, West Virginia, North Carolina, and they, you know, come and they compete. And but um, uh, but the spirit is, is really what it's about and the uh, and the camaraderie and the um, um, uh, and, and the support, because if you're teaching, if you're trying to teach jazz, at, at, at your school, you know, or wherever you are, you need a, you need an outlet for the kids to play, and you need an outlet for them to actually see what you're talking about and what you're trying to convey being executed by pros. So, um, so that's so that's what I really wanted it to be, and it you know, and so you know, we 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 uh, have you know you know we're working toward achieving that, and we've we've uh, we've achieved that, and we will always want to fine tune it to you know to make it better. But yeah, we, we take over the hotel for three days. So we take over the whole hotel and there's all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> three days, you have four stages. And of course you came from humble beginnings. So to get to four stages right. and having one of those stages be open to the public. So right. a free concert, essentially. Right. Exactly. Um, how great that is that you're able to offer that up for people to be able to see. Right, right, yeah. Um, Not all festivals do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, I want I want you to come. We want to we want to reach people where they at. So it's like if you don't have any money, or if you don't want to, you know, just come on in and just hang, you know, and 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 go to the free stages. Go to the vendors. You know, see, you might see a vendor or something that you like at a vendor. Right. We have line dancing. We have we have swing dancing. So it's just like you know, you just come out and just. Uh, we try to we try to get it get everybody you know um, and those those dance rooms were packed i know i know i know so that is um it's yeah it's 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 kind of a kind of a um, um odd vision when you have a jazz going on and then you look behind some glass over there behind <laughs> the glass and you see these people over there dancing you know uh but no it's 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 been um it's been really good you know so yeah, I, I love the fact, number one, that you're educating, right? So unlike the typical jazz fest, where it's just performance-based, you have the educational piece during the day, well, all day long, because even yeah. as folks are sitting there watching, they're being entertained, they're being educated as well. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, but also the fact that, you know, unlike some of the jazz festivals out there that are presenting a jazz festival, but right. you have 
you have all of these R&B acts and one jazz act opening up, right? And they're calling it a jazz festival. Jazz festival, right. Yours is, is you know, more of a, a purist per se. I mean, you know, you do have some contemporary in there, but you're not, you know, just throwing a bunch of R&B in there as well. Talk about the importance of that from your standpoint, from your point. Right. I understand why. I, see, the word jazz, even though, you know, it, it has a lot of uh, connotations, some of them are, uh, incite volatile <laughs> type conversations. Uh, 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 but the thing about jazz is that it's, it's a marketing term. Mm. So, you know, it's a market. So it's like it. So if, if you are putting on a music festival, like you say, and it does, you know, so that doesn't have the the ring to it as a jazz festival. So they'll use the word jazz. And like you say, they have all of this other kind of uh, R&B or this other type of music. Some of the music is not even jazz inspired or jazz uh, uh, informed, as you, you know, as you want to say. So that's the re I think that's the reason why they do that is because if you call it a music festival, they're like, ah, music festival. I don't know what is it going to be folk music what is it gonna, so they gotta they gotta say something so they say you know it's a you know it's a jazz festival and recently we have opened up another stage the oval stage where we have more contemporary uh you know we have more more contemporary music and and i thought about it because we had this hard mantra well we it was me i had this hard mantra when we started standing up for real jazz and we still do it's just that but i thought about it i came into jazz by listening to um, uh, um, Grover Washington Jr., right. you know, and David Fathead Newman playing, you know, tunes with backbeats, you know, right. and so uh, and listening to Chicago, you know, mm. that that kind of a thing. So it's not like that. I grew up with this hard, um, um, you know, a straight ahead background. So I'm I'm thinking. I said, well, you know what? Maybe we maybe let's do let's play some get some artists that are jazz informed, or jazz, you know, contemporary, you know. Uh, and to see if, you know, see if we can catch some people like I got caught, you know, uh, and got caught up in it. So, um, and, um, and, you know, once people hit the music, see it, they can go in any direction where they want to go, you know, uh, just so long that, you know, what we present uh, at the festival is we try to make sure that it's, that it's quality because the, the whatever, the, you know, whatever the artists are, but, um, uh, because that's really your track record. You know, right. it's like, it's what you, I don't know who that is on stage, but you know, Paul seems to have consistency. I'm going to go check it out. You know, so that, you know, that's the thing. It's just like, if, if I'm, if I'm listening to one of your shows, I don't, I don't really know who's on your show, but I know you and what your, what your work product is. So I know it's going to be on a certain level, you right. know, you know, right. yeah. Yeah. you, you definitely been at this thing for a while and I appreciate your, your new moniker, if you will, of jazz and all its hues right? right exactly yeah so i mean because that that is there's there's so many different hues of jazz right Ex absolutely um, and i love the fact that you know not any one artist needs to stay in one particular lane right absolutely uh, yeah. as as dizzy once said it's it's good music and it's bad music right? that is that is absolutely right that is that's, that that's what it comes down that, to that, that that is i i i just saw one of one one of our uh uh, 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 people that we, sh I'm sure you've interv uh, interviewed a uh, Warren Wolf, just a fabulous artist. He was, he was, he was doing. I saw a video of him doing something on a talk box. I don't know yeah, if you. I saw I that. <laughs> I, know, I loved it. I know, and it was, it was amazing. It was great. You know, you know, and 
you know, he's 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 like he's like the baddest vibe, one of the baddest musicians of his generation, if not the best. Yes. And and you know, he's certainly you know going towards all time great, you know, yes. in my opinion. And so uh, uh, so yeah, and I heard him doing that. I said, man, okay, Warren, I see you. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, Warren Warren is always pushing that envelope, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I gotta say, I'm on Warren's last album. I'm, oh. I'm one of the featured guests. Yeah, oh, uh, I did. I did the intro and the outro, and I'm featured on a song too. Doing I got it. I gotta check that out. Piece. So okay, yeah, I had a lot of a whole lot of fun in the studio. So yeah, I gotta. I gotta check that out. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. I, I will definitely. Called, uh, the song is called "In the Heat of the Night." Here's the name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really nice. Well, well, uh, two masters together, I'm sure. It's, I'm, I'm, I know it's ahead, ridiculous. Man. Let me, I let know me it's find ridiculous. some money in my pocket. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Uh, and let me, let me congratulate you back on the festival, you know, 14 years at it. And now you're opening up uh, a summer series as well. Talk about that. Well, the, the, the summer series is basically to keep the uh the try to keep the momentum going keep the name you know majf in the people's face and also just to raise a little you know to, to raise some funds because uh we where well, you've been to the festival you see we don't have big corporate sponsors uh, uh sponsorship or anything like that so uh we, you know we have small donors you know um and so and we did, have, and and through one of those small donors, we got uh, the funding to do this, uh, uh, to do this summer series. And so basically, and that's exactly what it is, just to, just to, just to, you know, keep our name out there, keep the keep the uh, momentum going, and hopefully raise, some, you know, raise some funds for the, you know, that's for awesome. the for the for the, for the uh, operation, you know, gotcha. because a lot of most of the, I didn't mean to cut you off, but most of the funds we take in is for educational and i don't i don't mix them up because you know because that's the uh that's the life life blood of this is education so this is like one of the first things that, that we've ever had intent you know with the sole purpose of trying to you know raise money for the festival so with uh first off put the festival website out there for folks to get info on that yeah it is www midatlanticjazzfestival.org Mid all the way written out midatlanticjazzfestival.org this stuff now your nonprofit arm the jazz academy of music and yes Rated, uh you have been educating for quite a while now yeah um as you are teaching these uh, next generation of, of students of of jazz musicians are you finding that they are just as excited about the music as you were at that particular age? Oh yes, and some, and some because of the because of the teaching is better. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you know, or it has been dialed in. I should say that you know the teaching has been dialed. Some you know, some of them are you know even more excited you know than um, uh, than I was uh, growing up. But no. It's it's um um it's a it, it it's it that's a that's a really true joy to see mm -hmm. the you know people like uh you know Braxton Cook or the uh, the Anderson twins uh you know I taught all you know taught all of them and to see them um um 
you know, just playing and 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 touring the world and pl right. playing playing stages that I I have never played. Right, and, playing and, with Prince. Yeah, exactly. Like I when, he, when, when Prince was around, yeah. Absolutely. So that is the you know. So uh, uh, that's the thing, and that's what they supposed to be doing because you know with with the little stuff that I know. It, it 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 gave them a, a heads up to it, it gave them a you know you know they supposed to they supposed to go and do these types of things you know what i'm saying they you know so i i always wonder well you know some some educators say well you know you know my students are doing better than me they supposed to be doing better than you, you want yeah. them to yeah you should want them to do better. you know yeah exactly you know are you doing good things that i didn't do yes that's what they that's why you taught them so that they could be prepared for situations when and opportunities when it came up you know so but no i, I you know um uh, i love it and that's what we've been doing the, the jazz academy has been formed uh, for 22, 22 years. This is the twenty second year. But I was teaching. I was teaching before that. You know, I was teaching out of my basement. And then uh, my wife said, "You know, you need to formalize this thing." You know, and so uh, and I went kicking and screaming <laughs> and started the uh, started the uh, the Jazz Academy of Music org. Very nice. Very mm -hmm. nice. For those students that you're working with, as you're teaching them, are you teaching them to discover their voice straight out or to work on emulating other artists? Or is it a combination of the two? It's definitely a combination of two. First, when you when you when you get someone really young, of course, it's easier for them to emulate. You know, it's easier for them to emulate. But even as 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 they get to be really uh, um um uh what does that say interested is now it starts you you i like to start to break off to teach them to start to think on their own mm. so and so but they have the language already and you know hopefully embedded in them from the emulating and and the other uh you know the, the things that that, that that i tried to to teach them the things about how to put the language together and so, and that's that's a good question that you asked. That's what I really love about uh, the students. If I can just brag about one thing, uh, I love the students that I've taught because they all sound different. Mm. So it's like it's not like that they've gone to a factory or whatever, and they and they uh, and they all uh, you know and they all sound the same. You know, there's there's some some entities where you can tell. Okay, well that's such an, you know, but. But what I like about my students is that they all sound different, you know, and that's what the thing with they, like you said, they, you know, they, they found their voice, you know, um, and that, and that's, you know, but you have to, you do have to, that's some part of it is emulating and, and, and you call that learning a language. So now you saw what someone did before you. So now you can, you can, you can um, 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 choose your path, but you know what they did. And so that's going to help you. It's going to help you choose your path or how you want to do it or that kind of a thing. You know, it's it's just like if you learn if you're learning a language, you're not making up a new language. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because if I started making up a new language right now, you wouldn't even know what I was talking about. Right. So that's what I tell the kids that, you know, a lot of kids say, well, I want to do my own thing. I want to do I want to make up my I said, no, 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 no. If you were playing classical music, you would have to play what they were playing. So if you're playing jazz for a, a period of time, you have to play this, this, this is what you have to play. You have to play this language and you have to learn it, understand it and start to play, be free within that language. 
you know, mm. be free within, yeah, be free within that language. Now, okay, now if you want to have a conversation and play, do something else, that's fine, you know. But uh, yeah, so that's incredible, man. Eight albums, I want to say now under your own. Uh, okay, not nine. It's nine. I just haven't. Okay. Yeah, I haven't done the, the 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 press with the Buster Williams album yet. But yeah, gotcha. well, please. Tell I gotta us get about it, this. I gotta get. Yeah, yes. you gotta get it to me. <laughs> I know. The so, great Buster Williams. Yeah, we did. I, this is one of the projects that called the uh, Legacy Quartet. Paul called Legacy Quartet. So uh, featuring Buster Williams, um, uh, Louis Nash, and uh, Bruce Barf. And nice. and and I just you know it it it's like Buster had it's like he's just he's another one of those musicians who's played with all different types of musicians uh, and all in across genres and and you can hear all of that in his plan and what I like about Buster is Buster Williams is that when he plays the bass it's like you he plays the bass according to Buster <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying so like so. You could give him the music, you know, you can give him the music and say, okay, well, so we're going to do this, we're going to do this. He'll shake his head. But basically, when you started playing, he's going to do Buster. He's going to do Buster. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, uh, so minimal, you know, that's what I loved about when we was in the, in the, in the studio. It was just minimal talk. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Because Buster's going to do his thing. It's like basically, okay, what's the tune? How's it going? And what's this? And blah, blah, blah. blah. And after that, boom. Just turn on the turn on the tape, and you know turn on the, the you know punch, you know push the button, and um, and that that was the incredible, and all of those musicians are like that, you know Lewis Nash and and yeah. so it was it was and we played and, and when I had him in town for the recording we played Keystone over in, in Baltimore, mm -hmm. so that was that was really that was really nice, and I think Keystone had one of the uh, one of the. Uh, uh one of the you know one of the pieces videos on their website for a long time oh, nice. uh, and uh it, i think it's on their on their uh, youtube website but anyway but yeah but uh but that's the that's the thing i want to do the do the press with that you know where you know get it to all the all of the you know music uh um um uh, what do you, what, I don't say DJs, music, music, people that that present the music on to radio, you know, Jacks, DJs, you know, presenters, uh, pre pre yeah, presenter and, per and, and personalities. The thing, yeah. see, the thing about the thing about what you do is like it's like you 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 have a way about you present the music, you know what I'm saying, and it makes people want to listen to it, even though the music. Can, could probably, especially the stuff that you you, you play, it could stand on its own. Right. But because you know the music so well, and a lot of the artists that you you, you know you play, you already know them anyway. Right. And it's just just the tidbits that you say, and that's what we need. We need people that that's that's presenting the music uh, uh, to the audience that are informed like you are. I wish everybody was like that. You know, you. You, you know what I'm saying? I because it. That. Because it's 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 you know everybody likes a story. Everybody likes a, you know to be presented in a, in, a, in a certain way. Okay, next we have so and so and so and so. Ding. I mean, come on. <laughs> right, you, no no thought into it whatsoever. Right. You know, and so it, it, I'm into the music, so it's fine for me. But I always I'm always thinking about you know what about that you know the person that you know is not so into it. That's what we want to. That's what we want to always be thinking about you know and you do a really good job uh, on that you always have 
Thank yeah. you, Paul. I, I appreciate you, brother, for saying that, number one, but it's it's my honor to be able to present great artists mm -hmm. like yourself who who just, you know, you have elevated music and you elevate the craft because not only are you playing the music, but you're bringing up the next generation of musicians and that's no small task or feat. Uh, so I really, I really appreciate it. I'm, 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 I'm trying, but I, I think, you know, anyway, we can go on and on, but I, I think what you do in, in to, is just as important. I mean, you might be might not be punching the buttons on a saxophone, but what you're doing is really, really important, you know. And so, um, so yeah, we all like I hate to say a cliche, but we kind of all, you know, in this together, you know. We definitely yeah. are. We yeah. definitely are. I need yeah. you just as much as, as you right. need me. So exactly. Yes. Exactly. Well, brother, I could talk to you all day long, but unfortunately, this hour is up. So <laughs> all right. we'll have to get you back on to do part two of the conversation. But again, thank you for all that you're doing. And uh, we look forward to hearing this this uh, Legacy Quartet album. And uh, we look forward to the next festival as well. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you so much. I'll get, the, I'll get the record to you. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to coming back. And, and hopefully you can make uh, uh, MAJF uh, 15th year. So it would, I would, yeah. So, so put, it on, put it on your calendar. <laughs> I am doing just that, family. That is going to do it for this edition of Cool Jazz Conversations. The program is a production of TVM Productions and is broadcast from its home of WSSB 90.3 FM at South Carolina State University. Uh, you can catch the podcast of this program on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Alexa, Amazon Music, Player FM. We're pretty much everywhere. Or you can download at coolJazzConversations.podbean.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cool Jazz Conversations. And we will catch you next time right here on Cool Jazz Conversations. Peace. Jazz Whisper, Alan Johnson. <laughs>